You're listening to the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Trella and Trader Andy. And here we go. It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. As Trevor told you earlier, I'm your host, Jeff Trella, and with me, as always, is Trader Andy. Say hello. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? All right, all right. Trevor Trella is our producer. He's on the other side of the glass. He is the reigning Intercontinental Champion. You got to pin him if you want the belt. Come get some. What are we doing here? We are launching a podcast starting today. Uh, probably no better time than today. We, we walked into the studio today, and what did we find out? Something that hits home. Uh, one of our, one of our uh, heroes growing up passed away today, Kobe Bryant. What do you? It's awful. It's awful. Bad, horrible news. Uh, you, I grew up loving that guy. He was shocking, especially with his daughter in there too. It's yep. just we're we're both family men. Uh, you know this guy. He was a consummate winner, gentleman. Had some uh some malfeasance back in the day, but uh, you know we move on past that and, and everything. Um, you know it, it it's really hard to swallow. It, it it's hard to start pushing your dreams on day one but the, the way i look at it is here we are you know this guy was 41 years old me and andy are both over 41 we're not supposed to say that i'm sorry <laughs> we're a minute into the pod and i already screwed up and gave our ages but here's the thing when, when you're when one of your heroes passes away there's nothing better to do than to start a podcast today Right? Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it yeah. right now. Right? All right. Here we go. So, I am, like I said, I'm Jeff Trella. I'm at JTrella20 on Twitter. Please look me up. All right? I'm here for you. Andy, AMAC22NJ. All right? We're always there for you. You want to you wanna talk DFS. You want to talk about what we're talking about on the pod. You want to come at us and, uh, you know, bring it and, and let us know what you feel. That's all good, man. Obviously, we're always here for your advice, though, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Andy, what are we going to focus on on this pod? All right, we're, we're starting right now. We're looking to record maybe once a week, sometimes a little bit more than that, sometimes a little infrequent, less frequent than that. But what what are the things that you want to look at as we're going forward? Uh, basically, the, the fancy baseball world, the trends, how we can help uh, you guys become better players. Uh, trying to give you a different player analysis and uh, go from there with rookies, you know, up, up, up and comers, guys that we feel are going to bust out, um, things like that. Cool, cool, cool. The, the one thing that we're always going to give you is transparency. You're going to hear us talk about our home leagues that we've been playing for, what, 25, 30 years, whatever it is. I, I mean, I, again, there I did two minutes in and I aged us again. Um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to be very transparent. We're going to tell you what we're doing, what players we're bidding on on our fab. We're going to tell you what players we traded for, what players we drafted, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, you know, just keep it real. And when we're wrong, we're wrong. When we're right, we're right. You might see some, so, some takes on this pod that are a little bit different, a little bit off the wall, a little bit, you know, hard to swallow. Fuck it. It is what it is, you know? Um, oops, cursed. Promise you I wouldn't do that. Uh, well, now that I popped the cherry on that one, 
Yeah, like I said, we're going to keep it real, and you might hear us curse here and there. So if you're at work or next to your children or anything like that... Put your earmuffs on. I, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Step one, if you're at work or in public in any sh- way, shape, or form, and you're listening to a podcast out loud, you suck. You suck. That's terrible, right? I do it every day at the gym, actually. You do that? You don't <laughs> yeah. put an earbud in? No, I put earbuds in. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah, whole different yeah. story. Yeah. Like, okay, we are launching a podcast. We want people to put earbuds in and listen at the gym. If you're at the gym right now, you're there at work or at the gym. Exactly. So. That's what's up, right? <laughs> but no, you don't listen out loud. So if you hear me cursing, I'll probably be the one cursing every now and then. And you are at work or your kids next to you or you're driving or whatever it is fuck you like i don't care like it is what it is so based on that what we're going to talk about in my uh let me give you a quick rundown what i do uh my wife hates me i uh i am in i'm not allowed to watch tv during baseball season i'm i'm locked into baseball which is going to help you guys but for those who play against me in all these other leagues i'm sorry uh, I'm in multiple roto leagues. I'm in two score sheet leagues for ten plus years. No one knows what that uh, is except those that play in it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real life baseball, which I love. We'll get into that one time. Uh, now we're in fan tracks. Uh, we're doing two NFBC leagues, which we have to bring something up about that. Oh today. my god! All right, we're gonna start about that right now. So we usually use the NFBC fifties. Uh, you know they're 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 fifty dollars now. They're fifty rounds, fifty rounds for fifty dollars. Uh, Twelve team leagues, and it's draft and hold. So it, it's a twenty three man roster, but a twenty seven man bench. And I woke up this morning at six o'clock in the morning. I saw one that was at ten out of twelve. I'm like, all right, here we go, number two. And it's January still, so we figured the people that are in this are hardcore. And what happens? So you go to work. You you don't have any time to really focus on this. So we, we pick fourth. All right. So we don't have to think about pick four. It's going to be the top four, which is Acuna, Trout, Yellick, and uh, Mookie Betts. Mookie. All right. So we don't have anything to think about that until I had to text Jeff and say, some guy took Garrett Cole second overall. Moron! I don't know what the hell you're thinking. <laughs> Bro, listen, out there, industry, fantasy industry, if this is what you're going to do, if you're going to give the stack attack, Mike Trout, I'd pick four. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. It, it doesn't even matter. Like, we haven't even made our second round pick. We could pick freaking Estrubal Cabrera next. Estrubal. We're going ta- <laughs> to take this shit down. That's the way it is. Okay? I don't think it's really like uh, ironic that there's four people in this league that have either their name is boner or their team name has something to do with boners and there's one team stuck between two boners i feel bad for him but I, it felt a little strange this morning i was looking at it, i was like this is a little shady there's actually three guys in the league that have a team name or their name has boner in it yeah they're up? shady but what's we're going to take them all out anyway so it doesn't matter all right. all right all right so what are we going to do today jeff cool today we are going to discuss some prospects this is what well this is andy's meat and potatoes and and he's irish so at least partially irish so (laughs) it's meat and potatoes for andy we're going to talk about prospects that are going to make an impact on your roster in 2020 okay some might be positive some might be negative but we're going to talk it through andy you're going to kick it off we're going to talk about 
Mackenzie Gore, the, the, the left-handed pitcher for the San Diego Padres. What do you got to say about him? Everyone knows about Mackenzie Gore, all right? He's a monster, was drafted in the, in the first round very early. Uh, he's 6'3". He has multiple uh, above-average pitches. Uh, his best pitch is a 60 fastball, 60 curveball, which is amazing. And he has another 55 slider. I feel that he obviously, I feel he has a chance to come up early, but based on we were talking about, there's just so many options that they might just try to keep him down. So they're not going to bring up early like they did Paddock last year. All right. All right. So, so let's talk about that real quick before we finish on him. So the San Diego rotation, okay, um, they, they, they've shown and they showed with Paddock last year, he was basically up. That dude went from round like 40 to 20 to like round 11 it, all, all in a month because there was so much helium on him moving into draft season. But they're looking at Paddock as their number one. They got Lucchese. They got a, an allegedly healthy Garrett Richards, an allegedly healthy Lamette, and they signed Zach Davies, okay? So there's a couple question marks there. There are, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so there's an opportunity there for him to crack day one or early because, as I said, Lucchese is solid. Paddock is solid. Richards and Lamette, who knows if they're healthy? God only knows, right? Davies, he's solid. He's a solid back at the end. Yeah, he's a, he's a great number five, okay? You the, actually have uh, Cal Quantrill, too. They I, have I Qu- like that Cal kid. Quantrill coming up. He, he's a solid kid. Uh, they have one of the best curveballs in the league in Jared Eikhoff. Um, Luis Perdomo and Matt Strom and, and that old guy, Drew Pomerantz. So there's... There's about whatever that was, eight or ten options in the rotation, and we didn't get to Gore yet, right? Well, when he comes up, when he comes up, he's not going to go back down. Right. He's going to stay up. Uh, and I feel that he had a 11.4 K rate last year, 135 strikeouts, only to 28 walks in 101 innings. That's a key number right there. It's 101 innings. They're not going to let him go up maybe to maybe 120 at most. So those people who are going to waste those picks on him, let them. He's not going to be there full time for you, so you might have to take someone in a, a nice little like Nick Anderson type middle reliever, and then, yeah, <laughs> and then back him up with Gore at the end of the year. Right, but he will be shut down at some point. Or, or there's the possibility that they keep him down initially, and they're only giving him two innings, three innings per start, whatever you know, opener crap, you know, middle relief, piggyback starts, whatever it might be, and then. You know, maybe he comes up in at the end of May or, you know, sometime in June, July, all-star break or something like that, and he's installed into the rotation at that point, right? But you're still probably looking – I mean, what do you think? What do you think his max is? 120 in, innings. That's in the major leagues, 120 innings. 120 innings total. I, I, I even think that's a little high. Like, so th- this is somebody, in, in my opinion, uh, you know, based on everything you just said, this is somebody to save fat money for. Right. Definitely, definitely. This isn't somebody to draft. If, if you're in like a, a, you know, one of these, one of these draft and holds or something like that, like we were talking about a 50 round draft with a 27 man bench. Yeah. He's somebody you should have on your team. Right. And, and for all those uh, Skadoo owners in June, when you're in last place, the first place team has Mackenzie Gore oh. and he will be trading him. So come get some because I got him. All right. So before we finish, Mr. M- Mr. Gore, 
Andy just mentioned the Skidoo League. That's our home league that we've been doing, basically. It's it's morphed from a couple different names, but that's our home league that we've been doing for about 25 years total. Uh, it's a 16-team auction league with a minor league draft. That's three rounds, which is 48, 48 players every year. You can keep up to eight. So basically, if you're looking at any of these uh, hot shot top 100 uh, uh, prospect lists, they're all gone. You know, you're 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 dealing from the back end of that at, at best. And this is somebody that Andy actually traded for this year, right? This offseason, you yeah, made a trade for him. Traded, I traded a Bieber for him. Was, you, you traded Shane Bieber yeah, for this guy. Yeah. All right, so Shane Bieber, who is basically a being drafted right now. You know, again, it's it's still January as we're recording this, and he's moved from an ADP of 38, which is crazy high, up to 29. So he's got helium for days, right? This kid is on fire. He he's an 11, 11-ish. I'm, I'm making this number up per nine K K guy. Beaver, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Easily, easily. One of the best K guys out there. But Moron's taking care of Cole second. Obviously, Beaver's got to move <laughs> up a little bit. So. Yeah, that, that does tend to happen a little bit. So, so yeah, so you will hear us talk about the Skidoo League pretty often. And like I said in the introduction, you know, we're going to be fully transparent and talk about what we're doing and who we are invested in and who we are fading completely as well. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Lazardo, and uh, Jeff's going to take over on that one. All right, Jesus Lazardo. This guy, you know, he's coming off of a rotator cuff injury and a lat injury, and he only pitched sixty-three innings last year. And I don't have much experience with rotator cuff injuries, but when I was in, you know, playing Merrill Park baseball back in the day, our best pitcher Pete. He tore his rotator cuff, and he had to throw underhand for about a year. Okay? So this is pretty serious stuff. Like, all right, all right, all right. I'm telling you about a 12-year-old. But rotator cuff in his throwing shoulder, you know, and and a a core muscle injury as well, 63 innings. The dude was special in the playoffs. Like, they brought him in. The team showed that they believed in him. They used him as a a high-leverage, late-inning almost closer. He had two saves, I believe, in, in the, the playoffs. Um, so this is a team that's invested in him, you know, money ball, blah, blah, blah. And they also actually just announced that him and A.J. Puke are going to be in the rotation yes. from the beginning. Yes, from day one, which to me, a little bit of a red flag. A little bit of a red flag because this guy's only thrown 190 innings over three years combined, okay? His ADP right now is the 10th round. It's going to go higher, too. 10th round, and it's going to go higher as as people start telling these fairy tales. And and I don't want any part of that, right? Pass. Pass. He's a pass for me. I mean, 2021, we're going to be saying something different, but 2020, There there was a player Andy mentioned when we were talking about Gore, and that was Nick Anderson. You know, maybe not exactly him. Maybe Dylan Betances, whatever. You know, pick a middle reliever. If this is somebody you have to invest in, um, yeah, you know, expect to get a maximum of 120 innings because he's not going from 63 innings, 190 innings over three years as a pro, 
to throw in more than 150 innings. Every projection model I've I've looked at online that I pay for, don't pay for, anything like that, has given him 150 innings because he's in the rotation day one because that's what the the organiza- organization is saying. It's not happening. It's not happening. He's going to get shut down at some point, midseason, sent down, disabled list for some blister or some crap that doesn't really exist. Something's going down. They need him for the future. They need him, you know, there's a team looking at another playoff run. They're generally a 90-win team somehow. They, they're looking for this guy to be ready for the playoffs. So if he's going to be the rotation day one, there's going to be a period somewhere in the middle. He's probably going to get shut down, sent down, whatever it might be, and limited. And if if, if you're in the type of league that has a deep bench that you can absorb that by reserving him and using somebody else, then he's worth it. But if you're drafting him in the 10th, 11th, 12th round, nah, nah, brah, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. All right, so the next guy we're going to talk about is uh, one of my personal favorites, Mitch Keller uh, with the Pirates. Uh, last year he, you know, he had a bad, he came up first taste in the majors, had a 7-plus ERA. Uh, he did solid in the minor leagues, but his fastball was too straight and was basically basket uh, bang practice. <laughs> a was, basketball. I, I was talking about Kobe Bryant. So yeah, he's on my yeah. mind. Kobe, Kobe's still on the heart and the mind. So this guy, but, had, but had, it looked like a basketball to the to yeah, the other exactly uh, to the hitters. The guy had 24 strikeouts in 16 innings in September and showed a lot of potential. Uh, great sleeper pick for this year. He's right now. He's around 232 ADP. I feel it's probably gonna go up a little higher with the spring because he's actually getting a little helium. But he's a guy who I feel he's not gonna be limited with him in innings. He he pitched a lot of innings last year. He's gonna be up there. He's gonna pitch 150 if if he doesn't get teed off. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. If he doesn't get teed off, how many times is he gonna get out of the fifth or sixth inning? That's gonna be what determines his his inning total. You know, if he could pitch into the seventh inning. He's going to approach 180, 190 innings, right? Definitely, definitely. All right. All right. The, the one thing I noticed, too, is the, the, the Pirates changed pitching coaches this year. They got this guy, Oscar Marin. I don't know anything about him other than um, he was with the Rangers, which doesn't really impress me because there's nothing going on pitching-wise with the Rangers that really you know makes you say, like, oh, cool, good, good hire. But – at the same time, you know, maybe this guy's got a fresh mind, can cheat, teach this guy a, a proper MLB changeup, right? And, and maybe that'll bring it together because he sits. Yeah, yeah. He's only a, he's a two pitch guy right now. Right, but yeah. he he sits high nineties most of the time, right? He yeah, he can almost hit a hundred. Yeah, he hits uh, up to ninety eight. Uh, his fastball curveball combo was was one of the best last year coming into the year until he got teed off. Right. My my perspective and Andy, if you disagree with me, tell me. I, I call them for fantasy. If you're in a in, in a, let's say you're in a 15 team league, he's a number six, number seven starter. I think it's seven I, eight. Yep, definitely. Right. Right. Yep. You, you should expect a a, a kind of crappy win total because the team sucks. You know, maybe eight to eleven wins if he has a good year. Hopefully, a sub. For ERA, I mean, that would be cutting it in half from last year, which was seven and change or something like that. 
I, I mean, that, that's that's not bad. You know, if, if you're looking at the back end, this isn't somebody you're you're going to be looking as your rookie of the year candidate. But, you know, there's something there. There definitely is something there. All right. So, Mr. Gavin Lux is, I, I, I can't, as much as I look at him and I think, oh, I don't know where he's going to play, anything like that, you know, the, 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 the offense is so good, the left-handed bats are so good, but it, it's all going to work itself out. It's going to figure itself out. It, the kid was in Francisco Lindor talks and they're like, nah, no thank you. Right. Yeah. So they obviously, you know, the Dodgers think very highly of him, and we're on the Dodgers' side because Los Angeles Kobe right now. So we're with them, you know. Between Muncie and 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 Bellinger, Verdugo, Seager, you know, will he get traded? Will Jock Peterson get traded? Whatever. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Somebody's gonna suck. Somebody's gonna get traded. It's something will work itself out, and he's gonna find his way into the lineup. Because he could play multiple positions, you know, Definitely. not necessarily above average, but he could play multiple positions. Wait, just ranked number two yesterday on the number two overall. Top, uh, I, I top didn't 100. look at that yet. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. I, you watch this kid hit. Uh, what quick hands he has! Like this kid explodes on the ball, but he's still able to maintain like a spray approach. He had a 53% hard hit rate in the major leagues last year as a rookie. Like, I, that's unheard of. Well, not even a pre-rookie because he still qualifies as a rookie. 53% hard hit rate is through the roof. So nobody was fooling him. Uh, you know, I don't know if they were just, you know, like, here you go, kid. Hit it. And and he's doing something with it. But he's still got to hit the ball. I mean, the, the, the kid's... The kid's got it. He's got the hit tool. It's it's definitely impressive. Well, they're going to adjust on him, and then what he'll do is he'll work on it. His approach is great, so I'm sure he'll succeed at this time. Cool, cool. My my concern with Lux is that as he you know as he was coming up as a prospect, as he got introduced into everything, you know we kind of looked at him as a speed guy. You know he's going to steal bases, etc. In 2019, the Dodgers were 21st in the league in stolen base attempts. So I, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure where that lands. You know, maybe if if he makes the lineup and he's batting eighth in front of the pitcher, it may be like, ah, kid, figure it out. You know, you got it, go take it. But if, if he finds his way to the top of the lineup in front of MVP candidates. I, I I just don't know if it's there. I don't know if the stolen bases are going to go over twenty. Yeah, I don't see more of those. I, I, don't, I don't see then. it. You know, so if you're looking for you know ten to fifteen home runs and hoping for twenty stolen bases, you want a guy that's going to hit two sixty five, two eighty. Yeah, it, it's it's not a bad player, you know. But I look at the ADP at. Yeah, he's at 159 right now, so that's basically in a 15-team league. It's the 10th round, you know, 12th or 13th round in a 12-team league. What's yeah, a risk? I, I'd rather take the same player in Colton Long at 70 picks later or Gene Sakura 30 oh, picks later, right? They, these guys have already done. that. That That's the thing that you have to remember, guys, about prospects is – 
what is it that we think that they're going to do and what is it that we hope they're going to do, right? We know that most prospects fail. Right, right. Heard. Amen. All right, so the next guy we're going to talk about is one of my favorites as well, Carter Kaboom. Boom! All right, now, uh, with this guy, he's gonna, he played second in shortstop last year. They were actually going to – they just announced a couple days ago that they're going to give him the everyday third-base job, give him a chance to win the job straight out of uh, spring training, which at 306 ADP, which means that's going to fly, you know, in the next month or two. It's going to fly. Yeah, it'll chop, it'll chop in half if he gets the job. The approach and everything, now, it, it's amazing. He, you know, I don't feel he has the home run power. He only has power when he pulls the ball. He, he cannot go opposite field yet with the home runs until he matures a little bit. But I feel that, you know, he's going to get anywhere from, you know, 18 to 20 home runs. He's going to get 15 to 18 stolen bases. Now, my comparison, when I watch him play, what I see is I see Alex Bregman light. Oh. Without the cheating. Oh. <laughs> I was just trying to p- punch on the garbage <laughs> for, can there. For the record, Andy just <laughs> tapped on our garbage can. But, oh, my but God. But this guy has tools straight across the board. His approach at the play is good. Uh, he really struggled last year coming up. And, you know, everyone struggles. Willie May struggled. Mike Trout struggled. I'm not going to say that he's them, but he's gonna, he's gonna, he's a good kid. He's going to turn it around. All right. Well, hopefully that little cup of coffee he got where – I, his first major league hit was a home run, right? Yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but after that, he kind of fizzled, and and you know, it it wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. They gave him a chance to win the job, um, didn't didn't take advantage of it. So you know, maybe, you know, my personal concern is that the pressure of taking over a position that was. Anthony Rendon, you know, he, he was a, a fan favorite. He left for billions of dollars, and, you know, they're coming off a World Series championship. Maybe the pressure's a little high, but maybe that cup of coffee is why you brought him up last year. Maybe they knew that coming into this year, Rendon's not going to be around most likely, that that would kind of take some of that off. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know. I, I, I think what Andy said about, you know, that, that 20 home run range and that 15 to 18 stolen bases, if you get 270, hell with it, man. That's something yeah, I want. Definitely. Hell yeah. Especially if he's looking at your your middle infield spot rather than, you know, a, a starting shortstop or third base, whatever whatever you might be using. That's another thing. I don't I don't remember if you said that, but they're, they're slotting him for third base, but he's already got eligibility at short. So you're looking at a player that – you know, a week and a half into the season, no matter depending on what your what what your format is, you're you're looking at two positions right off the bat, which is gold, and gold he, in fantasy. And even if he struggles the first month, they'll bring an ass triple. As Triple Cabrera was just signed the other day, he'll take over third base for a little bit because he had a good uh, cup of coffee with them last year during during their run, and uh, then he'll be up in May. But he'll definitely be up and he'll do something for us this year. All right, so. The, the favorite in the American League, which uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put my foot down and disagree with, for the American League Rookie of the Year is Luis Robert, right? The, the, the Cuban kid. Okay? This guy just signed a six-year, $50 million contract with two $20 million club options after that, right? 
So this is basically saying the club thinks that he's going to be a star. Okay, They already started this process with their young players, the young hitters last year with Eloy. And they gave him a contract day one and put him in a lineup and, and, and let him you know, struggle through it and everything like that. But this kid's a little different, right? He, he's he's a little bit more physically gifted than than Eloy Jimenez, if you ask me. Eloy, Looking at him. Eloy called him Mike Trout. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, the, the, the you know, as a 22-year-old, the positive right now is that he's probably going to get the day one start. Okay? It's very likely. It's, it's something catastrophic is going to happen. For, for for him to not be in the lineup on, on opening day. They gave him the contract. He made the team, okay? Um, he's probably going to hit down in the order at first. Seven, Seven eight, nine, no, something like that. No pressure. No pressure on him at all. So he should be loose, which honestly for me is something that he needs because there's not that much technical genius in his swing. It's... You know, th- this kid is, he's athletically insane. Like, he, he's a monster. He, physical specimen, Adonis body, like, got it all. He could run, hit, everything. It all looks like no effort. And and, and I, I'm, I'm not at all of his practices. I'm not watching him in the batting cage every day. But when I see lack of effort, I think lack of effort. Like, it doesn't look like there's much that he has to try. Like, I think this kid, from the time he was four years old, has been putting the ball over the center field fence with without trying. Like, it's just there. Like, see ball, hit ball, it's gone. Right? And that's it. So when he starts to face 99-mile-an-hour cut fastballs, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. He's not there. Or the uh, uncanniness of like those curveballs that come in, he starts looking like Pedro Serrano in Major League. Because <laughs> the swing and miss there is hats for bats. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna need some help. Keep bats warm. His major the major flaw I have with him is his swing and miss. It's horrible. <laughs> Terrible. Right. Terrible. And it and it I would expect it to be a problem going forward. Like like I on the short term, the long term, this guy's gonna strike out a lot. I, I spent a lot of time while we were doing the homework to to watch this, watch this guy swing. And, you know, I'm watching at-bats from Cuba and Charlotte and God knows where and who knows what. And I can't – it it was funny because I, I tell Andy by by text, we're talking, I'm like, I got, I got, a, I, I got a comparison to a major league player that I love and I'm not going to tell you who it is and this and that and everything. And he says – Oh, he's like a young uh, B.J. Upton. I'm like, that's funny because I said Justin Upton, right? He's got the body. Like, he's cut. He's scary, scary athlete. Like, I look at this guy, and he could be a wide receiver in the in the NFL today. Like, like the Super Bowls this week, he could play in that game. Like, he looks like that kind of athlete. But I look at it, and I, I see that the swing isn't – isn't mechanically engineered, you know. I, I, I don't think the time's been put into it. And I think that eventually as he's gonna fill out his body, because this is somebody that, you know, he, he's gonna hit a couple of home runs quick. Quick. Cause, you know, he's got that 30 home run upside easily. Probably expected. And he's gonna think that that's what's 
what he is. So he's going to hit it in the gym. He's going to bulk up. His body's going to grow. He's going to put another 25 pounds of muscle on, which means he's not going to be able to run anymore. The hole in his swing is going to continue to grow. And, you know, instead of a, a, a guy that we were looking at, you know, maybe approaching 300, 280, whatever, with that, what, what did he do last 30, 36 or something like 32, that? 36. 32, 36 in the minors last year. You know, maybe that 32 is real, but I, I can't see that 36 staying. You I think know, it I, starts in the beginning of his career and then it's going to yeah, go. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I, I agree with exactly what you just said. I, I think if you're going to invest in Luis Robert, do it now because this is the best time that he's going to have. Because five years from now, I think he's going to turn into Justin Upton. Or, or better yet, if you have him, trade him now. Yeah. Trade him high. Sell high before he bets 220 because there's a chance that can happen. All right. I say it's BJ Upton. Like, I see BJ Upton. Power, speed, monster, and he batted 240. And then a couple years later, he's platooning. You know, I just, I don't, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But from what I see, I don't see him being a superstar. He's not Mike Trout. Not long term. No one can no. say he's Mike Trout. Eloy can. Eloy, I think Eloy is better than Louis Robert. I'll take Eloy yeah. over, over Robert Wright. You said now, he struggled and he had 31 home runs in his <laughs> I love the guy. I freaking love that guy. Oh, shit. Boom. All right. So we're going to go on a little bit of a different path now. So Louis Robert, he he's the he's the chalk. So Andy's going to talk to you a little bit about Nico. I'm going to say I love this guy. And I say I love every guy because I'm a prospect guy. That's how I am. I don't like Louis Robert, obviously, but Nico is the man. Uh, his approach at the plate is amazing. Uh, his He's just baseball IQs off the charts. He's probably going to start the year in the majors for the Cubs. Bang lead off because his approach at the plate is so good. Uh, I just love his approach at the plate, his contact skills. Uh, he's it's just amazing. Like I don't think his uh, fielding is going to do anything for you, but you know he's going to get you fifteen. But but for fantasy, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. For fantasy, he he's probably a long-term second baseman, but he already has shortstop eligibility. They're going to put him at second now, right? Of course. with Javier. All right, so who cares if he sucks at defense, right? Yeah, if he's yeah. Roger Dorn, ole. Well, I gotta, who cares? For all my scorchy people out there, I'm just saying he has no fielding issues. <laughs> so I just had to throw it out there. But I, you know, next year I project him you know, to get 10 to 12 home runs. He's going to get 18 to 20 stolen bases. He might bat you 270 to 290. He's going to get 90 to 100 runs. Batting lead off in front of all those guys, I think he's going to do it. And um, right now, you're looking at an ADP of 397, just under 400. Sold. Boom. Oh my God, that's going to rise. I mean, if he gets the job, that's going to go into the 200s, obviously. Of course, of course. But if you're listening to this right now, you're probably drafting right now because you're hardcore, or you're my mom, one of the two. Yeah, we, so, we drafted him already. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is about Nico is the next guy that we're talking about is similar to Nico, but even better. And I'll let Jeff take that one. Dude, dude. <laughs> need a couple so, extra minutes for so, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to take it down a notch for the ladies. So, 22 years old. Nick Madrigal already has a national championship with Oregon State, played with some of the best young players in the country, in my boy Trevor Larnick. 
and Adley Rutschman. Adley was the number one pick last year. Jeff, Jeff actually drafted this guy when he was still their teammate. He, he was in college, and I drafted this guy in our Skidoo League that we talked about. Because I, I, that's that's my thing. I like to look in the late picks for who are the guys that everybody's going to be salivating over next year. I'm going to take them now. They know. They know. They know. They figured this out. They figured this out. So, Nikki Magical was the fourth overall pick in the draft after he missed part of his junior year. He broke his wrist, which was depressing because I was so excited to watch him because he was already on my team <laughs> as a junior in college. I had him on my home league team already, and he broke his freaking wrist, and the team won the national championship. Jesus Christ. This kid is a future batting champ. I'm telling you right now, like, I I, I will place the bet, my $5 on 5000 that Deshaun Watson will never win the Super Bowl. I will do this for Nick Magical. My $5, $5,000, I don't care what it costs. I will put it down that Nick Magical will win a batting title soon. Oh, God. In this I, lifetime. I said that like 20 years ago about Howie Kendrick. <laughs> How that work out Yo, for this me? kid is good, good though. <laughs> Howie Kendrick is a stud. Uh, stud. All right. And he's going to get you 25 plus stolen bases. Easy. Easy, easy, easy. Listen to this. Me me and Andy, we like to do something, you know, every now and then. He He's better at it than I am, where we challenge each other with some stats and like, who's this player or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So listen to these numbers. This is straight out of my beer league softball team right here. So listen to this. 1,412 plate appearances, 58 strikeouts. 14 of them were as a 19-year-old freshman in college. That is Nick Madrigal's numbers. Less than 4% strikeout rate in college and his first year in the pros. Okay? This guy has Tony Gwynn-type back control and hitting acumen. This is one of the best damn right-handed hitters you've ever seen. I'm sorry. I, I don't care. I'm putting my gauntlet down. It is what it is. I will bet this guy, I, I looked, I spent, me and Andy are, are, we're lucky. We live in Jersey. So, gambling is legal here. I spent my whole morning this morning preparing to talk about Nick Madrigal, which I didn't need to prepare for other than type it because my notes were an atrocity. I'm looking for odds on the rookie of the year for this guy nobody nobody has them posted yet i gotta imagine that once it gets posted that robert is probably going to be like like a minus 120 minus 150 favorite casey mize is probably going to be like a plus 200 if i could get nick madrigal at plus 350 plus 400 or more than that Fuck you, Lewis, Matt, Robert. I'm I'm in, bro. That's like beautiful because this guy, like, no matter what happens, write it down. You put him in any game. You put him in with with freaking, you know, Nolan Ryan on the hill. He's gonna bat 300. It's gonna happen. You know, the worst case scenario for this guy as a rookie, he's gonna bat 280 to 300 and steal 15 bases, minimum. Right? He's he's gonna steal more than 15 bases. There's just no chance. Now, the one thing that I, the sexiest thing about him, and this is one thing I look for 
in every minor leaguer is he had 44 walks to 16 strikeouts. It's amazing. <laughs> Anyone, I look for the guys and I invest in baseball cards. So I'm like always looking at scouting reports and looking at video and everything. And if I see a guy who has the hit tool and he sees the approach to where he walks more than he strikes out, I, I go for that guy over the swing and miss guy every time. Outstanding. Listen, listen to this. Last year, he went across all three levels. Low, high A, double A, and triple A. 311 batting average total, right? He had more than 100 at-bats at each level, and he never struck out more than six times at any level. That's unheard of. That's ridiculous. Right now, his competition to play at shorts at second base, I'm sorry, is Lurie Garcia. Yeah. Lurie Garcia is a good player, but he's a he's a low on base percentage guy. He's better suited in the utility role because he could fill in as your fourth, fifth outfielder kind of player. He's not going to kill you on the field. He actually only had four errors last year, and he could be a gold glove caliber second base. Easily, easily. This is the kind of player that if you look at what the White Sox are doing right now, I would not be surprised. And he did get an invitation to Major League Spring Training. I would not be surprised to see an Eloy Jimenez-type contract where – you know, like same thing as Kingery, where they sign him before the season starts, never played a game, and they sign him to some six year, whatever extension, buy out all of his freaking arbitration, and give the guy the job day one. I mean, that might be a little far fetched, but it seems to be the trend for Chicago and Major League Baseball. You yeah, know, Evan Evan White from Seattle got it. Uh, Kingery, Eloy. Louis Robert. And, and we applaud you, Major League Baseball owners, for doing this because it's becoming the norm now more than more than the exception. And, and you know, I was about to mention Chris Bryant, who's still in a <laughs> in, in a in some kind of negotiations grievance over when he actually started his career. Who knows what 10, that means? He had ten home runs in spring. It's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Sent down. It's crazy. But you know that that's I I think in this situation. I think that's the worst case scenario for Madrigal is that he gets sent down, comes back maybe five, six weeks later, right? And then at that point, you're only looking at 350 to 400 at-bats. And then maybe the ceiling for that rookie of the year candidate is a little bit lower. And then maybe that's where you come into the 15 stolen bases. You know, when I look at this kid, and I, I, I said this the first time I saw this kid hit. I'm not, I don't live in Oregon. I'm not an Oregon State Beavers fan. You know, I, I, I watched this kid hit, came on my radar, and I said, this kid reminds me of Jose Altuve, which what is a little, bit, a, little, a little bit of a sore subject these days. Where's electronic devices? It's the time? same thing. What, you know, it, 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 I, I think I I think Madrigal's five seven, Atuvi is probably five six five seven. I don't know. They're the same body type, right? But w the thing is that Altuve came up with the hit tool. He came up with the speed. That's what he was. And it took him until year five in the majors before he hit fifteen home runs. And now he's a thirty home run guy. I mean, it might be because he knows what the fuck's coming. Yeah. But it's still you know that. The amount of time it took to develop, and I could easily see that being the situation with Madrigal is that he's got he's going to bring you elite 
average, acceptable, above average stolen bases. And down the road, once you pass those arbitration years, he's going to become a power hitter and, and give you the 25 home runs. That is what basically the baseline of what you're looking for. Especially if the baseball stays the same. Yeah, everyone's going to be hitting 25 home runs. <laughs> uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is uh, Kyle Lewis, Seattle Mariners. First round pick, 2016, 11th overall. He had one of the most gruesome knee injuries ever. I, I can't in, look at that. In 2017, uh, re-aggravated the next year. So he's basically lost two years of this. Now, he actually played last year, did very well. Uh, in the minor leagues and got a little uh, coffee time in September where he, he had six home runs and 71 at-bats. Right now with Mitch Hanniger out, they're probably projecting this guy to be starting left field day one with an ADP 413. Uh, yeah, that, that, great, that'll go off. A if, little yeah. bit. Now, the one thing I, I noticed is um, I was reading some reports on him is that you know, he's still, uh, he still has some mental issues. Uh, when he runs, he's going to be playing left field. Uh, when he runs to straight, he's fine. When he starts having to cut a little bit, he, he looks like he's thinking about it a little too much because of that knee injury. He's got the yips? Yeah. he's Mackie Sasser? <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> but, the, you know, he, his bat is solid. He's going to bat probably 270. Uh, the CBS projections are garbage, but they project him for 28 home runs, which is laughable. Oh, God. Because he hit six home runs in the month of September. So, I, you know, I'll say he hits anywhere from 18 to 22 home runs. He's going to bat about 260. He's going to be solid in left field at this ADP. It's, it's a steal. Yep. That's somebody you're looking at as, like, a fifth outfielder, utility Definitely. guy, maybe may, maybe a bench guy, but, yeah, you know, the upside's there to, to, to crack your lineup. The, the, the thing that I like most about him is that he did get extensive playing time last year, and he's on the 40-man roster. That, that makes a big difference. When, you, when we're talking about these prospects, these guys that still have their rookie eligibility and all that, if somebody's on the 40-man roster and they already have major league experience and they have, I, I mean, this team stripped it down to nothing. And, and Hanniger, I mean, I, I, I've never had a core injury. I don't even know, like, if... I, I don't know where my core is. Like, wh where's your core? <laughs> but he's got a core injury, and I've been told that this is pretty serious. He could, like, if, if you told me right now that Hanniger might not play this year, I wouldn't be surprised because that's what you hear from these core injuries. Like, th this guy's going to be out for a long time, and it doesn't matter when he comes back. If Lewis gets the opportunity and he hits, like you said, if he gives you that 260 – you know, hits three home runs in one week and, you know, whatever, and doesn't throw the ball back to the pitcher like Mackie Sasser, then, then maybe we're all right. You know, maybe this is somebody that we're going to invest in. You know, you know, at, on the bottom end, like we said, fifth outfielder with upside. Right? I mean, there's a chance he bats 220, 230. He has a lot of swing and miss. Yeah. And I'm a little there. worried about that, but that's something I think he can, he can uh, get rid of. But Seattle, they're ripping down their whole team. They're they're starting basically rookies across the diamond. Evan White, Kyle Lewis, uh, yeah, Shed Long, who I love. And then they're actually talking about F possibly – Future topic, Shed Long. Yeah. And then uh, Jake Fraley might be coming up soon because nice. he's on the 40-man. Nice. So. What what round was that that we just got Shed Long in, in that FBC? 43rd, something like that. 
like Three. eight minutes after the GM said he's going to play every day. That's That's beautiful. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the last guy we're going to cover is uh, Jeff's guy. It's uh, Ryan Mountcastle from All right, Baltimore. All right, so I'm going to take a step back on this because the comp that I'm going to give you is going to is going to break my heart, and you're you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, Andy. This guy is Reese Hoskins. He really is. He's got the same swing, same shit, man. Really, Reese is that bad? Oh. It, it, here, well, remember, Reese came up two years ago and he set the world on fire. He was the man. From August to the end of the season, he hit 18 home runs and like yeah. 19 at bats. Mountcastle has the same exact approach. And if this guy continues to take walks, he's got such an easy flick of the wrist, turns over the ball, huge backspin. It just flies. It Wait, goes. What did you say about walks? Fields. What did you say about walks? I said if he could take the walks. I know. That's the problem. God, that's the problem. I threw up when I saw that. That, that was the problem with Reese last year. Re- that when, when Reese came up, he was taking a walk, taking a walk, taking a walk. Last year, the whole team was on tilt. I'm a Phillies fan, guys. Sorry about that. He was on tilt the whole year. He stopped taking walks. The on-base percentage went through the toilet, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't there. But... Mount Castle has the same swing. He's got the same wrist quickness. Power to all fields. Great pull hitter. Like, majestic, like, home run derby type home runs. In like, that little ball. Fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Camden Yards last year was the number three park for home runs. So, if they give this kid a chance, I don't even know. Like, I, I can't even tell you. Who the hell is Rio Ruiz and yeah, you know, there's some guy that Andy can't get over uh, Crush. <laughs> oh He's still on the team. Yeah, Crush Davis is still on the team. He know. said goodbye to everybody. He like uh, on his last strikeout, he waved to the fans and said goodbye. And what the hell? Like here we are. Still no one on will take him. No one will take him. I mean, he makes uh, like twenty five million a year or something. He just has to find a like doctor that. to give him Adderall. If he does that, he'll go back on on and start crushing it like he did back then. All right. So my my what I'm going to tell you, looking at Mountcastle, like is there a chance he's on the on the roster day one? Probably not. It doesn't make sense for a team to do that. You know, slow the clock down and let, let let's see what happens. Let's take him in the middle of the season. So whenever he comes up, you know, this isn't somebody you really want to draft. You know, maybe him. In one of these 50-round drafts, you draft him in your middle bench rounds, and you sit and hold, and, uh, you know, you're going to get a pro-rated 25 home runs. That means if he's in there for 18 games, you're going to get 12 or 13 home runs. If it's less than that, you're going to get five or six, whatever. So, But, you you know, you look at him like, I'm going to put a 25-home run hitter into my lineup at this point, whenever that might be. Good guy to save your fab for. I, I, you know, unless you're dying in home runs when he does come up, you're not going to go all in on him or anything like that, but he's going to help you. Well, I think uh, that covers all of our guys for today for the, the top 10 that we were going over. So what do we have else in store? What else you want to talk about real all right. quick? All right. Well, it is Super Bowl week. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but if I get sued on our first pod, fuck it. <laughs> I'll take it. So, it is Super Bowl week, so I want to talk about a couple of props that I'm looking at. 
you know, the Super Bowl is kind of half the people that watch it just care about the, the, the commercials, right? Andy, did you see this crap with Mr. Peanut? Did yeah. you see that stupid shit? Oh, actually, uh, coming out of retirement, uh, Wesley Snipes, I saw it too. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> so, so if any of you didn't see this, so Mr. Peanut is 104 years old for what is that, planters or whatever? Yeah. So, He's, he's dead, dead now. He's, dead. Yeah, he's yeah. gone. Cross him off. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. So, something happens. He ends up on this branch with Wesley Snipes and some other guy. I, I wasn't paying attention. I don't know who that no is. No clue. We're going to have to look that up and figure it out. It's probably some, like, some, like, CEO or something like that that we don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter who it was. But I'm looking at this, and everybody's like, Oh my God! You, you know somebody had to had to jump to because the the branch was gonna break and everything and you know it was so heroic what Mr. Peanut did and all this, dude. The guy was 104 years old, you know. And the bottom line was, freaking Wesley Snipes. I mean, th this is Willie Mays Hayes. He's done so many push-ups from hitting pop-ups. His arms were going to give out in about 10 seconds. Like, he didn't have a chance. Like, he he saved Willie Mays Hayes, and now we might get more Major League movies. Like, this is fucking great. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. Salted, bitch. Because <laughs> I hate Omar Epps coming in Major League 2, by the way. I didn't like it. Why? I didn't like it. I don't know. Juice? I just didn't like it. I I, I liked... Uh, no, Omar Epps took Juice. Wesley Snipes. No, wrong guy. Wesley was in jail. <laughs> oh. and, at, the, at the time of the, the second showing, he was in jail. So I didn't like Omar Epps coming from the Juice coming to, into the leadoff spot for Willie Mays Hayes. But I I don't know. So what, what are you, what's your best F bet? What's your best bet? All right. All right. So Let's Show me the money. So All right. All right. All right. Here we go. So the good thing is that... Me and Andy, like we said, we live in Central Jersey, so we have access to all kinds of gambling. It's all legal, you know. I mean, with the Super Bowl, people like to get into the crappy props and everything like that. You know, will Shakira fucking show cleavage and all that? I don't know. What? I'll watch that. Uh, <laughs> wardrobe malfunction, yeah. etc. Stuff like that. You know, the national anthem length and everything. And I got a little inside information on that. We'll talk about that another day. I don't want to give it away right now. Right. But it, it, if I solidify it before before Sunday, we're, we're going to post that out. <laughs> but I, I got something on it. So we have access to, to, to legal gambling. So the best thing to do is to watch this game. Take, you know, don't put a bet on it up front. The, the line right now is one and a half and, what, 54? Yeah. Who the hell knows, right? You can't you can't handicap this right now. You can't do it. There's two, two ways to look at this. If you want to root for the freaking Chiefs, if you think they're going to win, you're not going to lay the one and a half at minus 110. You take Mahomes to win the MVP at plus money, plus 115. Right, you take that twenty-five dollars of juice instead of laying the game because the quarterback's gonna win the goddamn MVP. Unless somebody has three interceptions and takes it back, like that's not gonna it's happen. So, so rare. It's yeah. not gonna happen. That happens once every ten years, right? Even the 49ers, You look at Mostert last week had, you know, the, a legendary two hundred yard four touchdown game. Never happened before. Guess what? It's not gonna happen again. <laughs> it's not. So what's gonna happen? If the 49ers win this game, 
Mr. Jimmy G is going to rise to the occasion and he's going to win the game. It'll probably be a defensive battle and he's going to end up with uh, 185, 215 yards, two touchdowns, whatever. But nobody else is going to rise to up above and everything like that. So instead of betting the game on the line with one and a half, bet the MVP on the quarterbacks at 115 and 225, take the juice, play at plus money and, and, you know, you got to watch watch 15 minutes more after the game's over to see if you won or not. But no, that's the best way to go. Yeah, I'm a Jeff fan, so I actually stopped watching football in September. I've been focusing on baseball. So <laughs> Jeff takes all the bets. Well, here here's the thing. I've always been a big fan of the NFL draft. I've always prided myself on doing a mock, which I usually get, you know, 20 30% right, whatever. Um, but I am on Team Tank for Tua because I'm a Dolphins fan. We haven't had a quarterback since Marino. Lace is out. And <laughs> I am all in Team Tua at pick five or trade up, whatever it might take, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. So my my two best bets actually for the Super Bowl, my f- the, the one I consider kind of free money, and there, there's no sharp handicap on this. I just watch football, and then I see things, and then I say, wow, I should bet on that. The Chiefs score in the second quarter. It happens every single week. They go off in the second quarter. The last two weeks, they have like 45 points in the second quarter. You know, I was I was invested in them two weeks ago, and they covered the line by the halftime, and they were losing by 24. So the Chiefs... For Mahomes to throw a touchdown pass at minus 140 in the second quarter, that's like free money. Take that, parlay it with a basketball game or something like that. It's free money. You're printing money. Right? Yeah. All right. And then my very favorite, my favorite, I, I worked I worked very hard on this, this prop. Sounds like it. I worked very hard on this. And I don't usually care about football. My favorite prop is to take the San Francisco 49ers over 47.5 penalty yards. Here's why. Who are the two fastest guys on the field? Rick Hill. And Miko Hartman, yep. right? And who's the oldest guy on defense? Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, who's still an elite cornerback. But he's a press cornerback. He's a bump-and-run guy. He is physical. He cannot keep up with these dudes. He is they're going to try to find Tyreek on him as much as possible. This dude's going to get burned. I, I don't know if San Francisco is going to win the game, lose the game. I, I can't tell you that. I'm not, I'm not going to try to handicap that. But I'm going to tell you that it's going to happen, that Richard Sermon's going to get burned, and he's going to do the veteran thing, which is going to be the right thing, and take somebody down. It might be 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, whatever. Save that touchdown. Yeah, save a touchdown. And take, win us a bet. Take it. At at forty seven and a half, what do you need then? You know, two more holdings and a, and an offsides, and you're there, right? Yep. So I'm gonna take at minus one ten. I'm gonna take the over on 49ers penalty yards at forty seven and a half. All right. right to the bank. All right. So what, what do we got going on uh, next time we're on? All right. So our next pod we're gonna be recording and putting out for you in about a week. We're gonna be looking at. Um, the beginning of our position breakdowns, all right? But we're going to look at this, Andy, probably more as like 
like a like an ADP breakdown, like who's going too high, too low, whatever. Kind kind of like in in where are they going in the draft versus their other players at similar positions, and where would you take these guys and whatnot? Okay, so that that's coming up about a week from now. That's that. Andy, you got anything else intelligent to say? Uh, no, I usually don't. Um, so I think we'll, you said a few intelligent <laughs> things today. Yeah, the opinion, it's been uh, an hour. I mean, we were yeah. trying for we were trying uh, for forty minutes. I know you guys all got ADD out there. We're trying. We we got a little winded, but you know we got to keep it real, and that's what it is. We can just sign off here. You could just tell them where we're uh, on on Twitter again. Yeah, you could find Andy at amac twenty two nj on Twitter. I'm at jtrella twenty. This has been the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. Intercontinental Champion, take us out. Boom. Peace. In the morning or in an hour, if you see fit, come on, give me a break. I just need.